Today we're going to talk about a sin that has only gotten harder to handle today than it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago or certainly 2,000 years ago. We're in our Seven Deadly Sins series and in this third lesson we're going to talk about the deadly sin of lust. Let's start with a definition. Lust is an intense or unbridled sexual desire. And I think you knew that. Every single one of us deals with it. If you're struggling with this today, I want you to know you are not alone. And here's the first thing that you're going to learn. Lust is a shortcut to sexual fulfillment, but it doesn't actually get you there. You think you're going to be fulfilled sexually when you act out on lust, but you never will be. Author Graham Tomlin says it like this, with good sex, we aim first and foremost to give and we end up receiving as well. With lust, the primary motive is to get and although there may be some temporary relief, the end result is just more frustration. I think it's important to remember that the Bible says sex is good. Sex is a gift from God to be enjoyed in the context of a marriage between a husband and a wife. But in today's culture, young people, old people alike, everybody is trying to shortcut this good gift and the end result is frustration. Just think about the Old Testament book, Song of Solomon. In chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Oh, lover and beloved, eat and drink. Yes, drink deeply of your love. This is a book that celebrates sexual fulfillment in a good way in the context of a married couple, but it also contains lots of warnings like this one in chapter 8, verse 4, where it says, Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, not to awaken love until the time is right. Young people especially, pay attention to that warning because lust has a bigger impact than you think, physically, emotionally, relationally, and even spiritually. I think our culture today minimizes lust and pornography and sexual sin in general. And it is so destructive for marriages, for families, for individuals. But Jesus has a different perspective on the whole issue. He says in Matthew chapter 5, you have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So instead of minimizing sexual sin, he actually makes a bigger deal of it than you would expect him to. And then he says this in verse 29 and 30. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Man, those are pretty intense words there spoken by Jesus, who was generally pretty chill in his response. He was pretty low-key for the most part. A lot of his teachings, a lot of his interactions with sinners. But in this case, in the situation with lust, he says, Hey, pay attention to it. Make a big deal about it because it is kind of a big deal. In fact, some commentators say that maybe what he's talking about here in this verse is the sin of masturbation. But yet this isn't a verse that we should take literally. Obviously, don't go poking out your eye or cutting off your hand. If you want to solve the problem of lust in your life, you have to understand this principle that lust feeds on secrecy and it starves in transparency. Now, with that in mind, I want to give you five steps to victory over lust. And the first step is real simple. Confess it 
to God. Be transparent with God about your sin. And then, number two, confess it to a confidant. That means someone that you can trust that isn't going to go blabbing it to everybody, isn't going to be posting on social media, but it's someone that you can confide in who will help you to want to take steps to honor God. Check out what this verse says in 1 John chapter 1. It says, If we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. Now, I've always loved this about this verse, that it's saying if we are living in the light with God, if our relationship with God is in order, being honest with God about our sins and our struggles, then what it says is we can be in the light with other people, that it actually has an impact on relationships in our lives. So when we're honest with God, we can then open up and be honest with one another, and then we can begin to have victory over sin. But as it says in verse 8, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and we're not living in the truth. If we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So especially with lust and sexual sin, get it out in the open with God first and then with others. Be transparent and vulnerable about it. And you don't have to live in shame and guilt around it anymore. But instead, God will begin to deliver you from that sin. So step one, confess it to God. Step two, confess it to a confidant. And then step three, renew your mind every day. The sin of lust starts in the mind, and so you have to win the battle in your mind, and the best way to do that is to renew your mind with the spiritual disciplines. Make sure that you're spending time with God in prayer. Listen to worship music. Read God's word every single day. If you're not doing it, then the messages that you're receiving from the world are going to continue to dominate your thoughts, and the temptations that you're being fed through social media and all other channels will win the day for you. So fight against that by renewing your mind with God's word, with the Bible, with prayer. These are all ways that you can renew your mind. Spiritual disciplines that really create breakthrough in your life. Number four, and this one should be obvious, eliminate sources of temptation. Delete apps on your phone. Unsubscribe to channels. Unfriend some of those toxic people in your life. Stop staying up late alone with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. You can make your own list of sources of temptation and you have to be ruthless about those things and eliminate them. And number five, retrain your response to triggers. Pay attention to those triggers in your life that cause you to lust. And instead of allowing those triggers to cause you to live in sexual sin, retrain your response and let that trigger something else like going for a run or reading your Bible or calling a friend or a confidant. Retrain your response to triggers and form new habits that honor God in place of those habits that are dishonoring to him. You can win the battle against the deadly sin of lust by the grace of God and the power of Jesus and with the help of the Holy Spirit. Now use those questions down below to be honest with your small group or with your mentor as you talk about this deadly sin in your own life.